Blog Talk Radio. Madden Voice, three, two, one, now. Special Madden Voice tonight. And, yeah, you know, I'm probably pretty stupid to do a show um, right at the exact time that game six of the World Series is about to start. Um, But I haven't, you know, I don't really care. (laughs) I'm not really a baseball guy, so. And I know a lot of listeners, you guys do podcasts in the morning anyway, so. Um, you know, if no one's out there listening live and it's just podcast people, thank you for your support. Um, and tonight's special because, you know, we went on a little early. I don't really like the nine o'clock show, to be honest with you. I just, I'm getting old and, you know, working all day, you know, by nine o'clock, it's like, huh? Um, but I love the show and I love the guys, so I do it, but, you know, trains on the West coast. So we try to accommodate his schedule, but, um, nine's kind of late to have that energy. You know what I mean? Like Shannon Sharp says, keep that same energy. Eh, by nine, I ain't got that energy. I'm trying, but eight's better. I can do eight. I like eight. I like eight. And uh, tonight is a special treat because even though I love doing it with the four, um, tonight, it's just me and JB, the brothers, the Floyd brothers. It's just us. So let me introduce the newly married you know, when men get married, they, we don't, like, our names stay the same. We don't change our names. We don't change our, you know, prefixes. Like, it's just, you, you know, we put a ring on our finger. Women, they got to change their names. They got to, they become Ms. and now Mrs. You know, it's a whole ordeal for them. For us, it's just, you know, yeah, look at my, look at my finger. <laughs> but anyway, congratulations to my brother, and let me introduce the newly married. About two days now. Woo! Jason B. Floyd. Usually don't use his name too often, but tonight you gotta use the real name. JB, welcome to the Madden Voice, and congratulations once again. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, and um, glad to be on. Yep, two days, two days strong. Ashley uh, took yesterday off, and um, I invited my boss's boss to the wedding because uh, I've known him for a long time, longer than I've been at my particular job. So um, he told me that go ahead and. and um, Take off uh, Tuesday if you need to. And then he sent me a text basically reiterating, I was serious. If you need to take it off, go ahead. It's all right. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take you up on it because I'm tired of hell. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> I took him up. And uh, I got a little bit more sleep, um, so I feel a little better. I'm still exhausted, but nothing like before. But I'm um, definitely good, mm. to, uh, good to have everybody. Obviously, your presence, uh, T, was missed. Hopefully you're able to catch as much as you could through FaceTime. Thank God for technology. 
but um, everything went well. You know, it's funny because um, so I was watching a Today Show, um, which I watch. I don't watch the whole show, but I always watch at least the first twenty. 20 minutes and then if there's anything special I'll watch whatever special segment and today was one of those days where they had a special segment that apparently today is the 50th anniversary of the internet and so as you say thank God for modern technology I was able to view a good portion of my brother's ceremony sitting exactly where I'm sitting right now actually using the same device that I'm using to do the show, my iPad, I was also able to watch a, a significant portion of um, the ceremony. And obviously, it's nothing like being there, but it's certainly it was certainly nice to see my bro and his lovely bride. And um, of course, mom, who was doing the the thing, didn't didn't let me see herself. Then I'm like, because it was it was FaceTime. I'm like, hmm, how is mom doing this? Can everybody see me? <laughs> you know, like she's sitting there. And she's, <laughs> Like, you know, everybody behind her is looking at the phone and seeing my face, you know. Um, and But I didn't think of that until we were – she said her phone was starting to get low battery, but she thinks she could make it. And I'm like, my, it's good. I, I've seen, you know, like, I got a good flavor of it. So I don't, you know, go ahead and enjoy the rest of it. And I got a good flavor of it and tell everybody I said hello and extend my congratulations. And, and that was that. But um, I got to see my little niece. You know, I had seen in a while, so I was yeah. nice too. And you know, and see the uh, family members that I will be meeting at some point. Um, so it was, it was cool. I'm happy for you. You know, I really am. And uh, uh, you looked happy. So yep, that's what counts. You looked happy. You didn't look like you didn't look like you were sitting there. You know, I'm thinking all. You know me, man. I'm a practical joker. I'm thinking all types of stuff. You know, is Jason sitting up there right now saying, "What the hell am I doing?" You know. Um, <laughs> um, or, you know, you know, yeah, not this one, you know, or get on, get on, the, get on, the, get on the show tonight and be like, hey, bro, yeah, well, I guess that's it. Um, what, what do you mean? Well, yeah, two days, uh, you know, I was thinking all kinds of fun, but on the real, uh, on the real though, you know, I, you looked happy, she looked happy, um, she looked nervous as all get up, um, you looked like mm. you was in, you know, you was in, you, you were composed, you were all right. But she was nervous as anything, uh, which is cool. I mean, it's mm-hmm. wedding day, you know, you're supposed to be nervous. You, you know, right. you're supposed to have some butterflies, you know. So it's cool. But um, happy for you. Wishing you nothing but much love, much happiness like I put on Facebook. I did that post on Facebook at 2 in the morning because I can't. I know. Yeah, yeah, this Negro need to be sleeping. Yeah, you know, I don't sleep, man. I'm like your mother. I don't sleep. No. But um, yeah, certain about three or four minutes, and you up again. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, so. But anyway, enough on that. I uh, just wanted to get that, you know, cover that because that's important. But you know, I figured originally what the show was gonna be, I was it's mid season. I was gonna go through all of our division predictions and see how close we are, and give us a chance to have, um, you know, keep the original ones, but now see does anybody want to amend their their prediction. So, you know, I'll add, I was, I had added a second line on my iPad to where I had put all the predictions, but you know what? Train wasn't going to be here tonight. Anyway, K-Star's not feeling well. So K-Star get well soon. Hopefully have a full crew 
uh, next Tuesday night. And because um, really, this is week eight. Next week's nine. So we're still good as far as midseason. So we'll do it next Tuesday night. So tonight, I figure since me and JB are Cowboy fans, let's have a show where him and I can just talk Cowboys. You know? And um, let's see. So what I want to do, um, oh, oh, before I, before I do that, I want to put this out there. I'm thinking about this, Jay, and I want feedback. Um, and, and I'll probably mention it again next week. But I've been thinking about this. And what, what has triggered this thought of mine is I watch a lot of sports shows. I record some, and I watch some live when I have the time. But I definitely record. I, I watch um, – I'll say the shows. I don't care because they're making money. I ain't. so. But I watch uh, First Things First, Chris Carter and Nick Wright. I don't watch the whole thing. They're on for like three hours. I don't watch the whole thing. And they repeat. So it's not like three hours fresh. It's like – probably about an hour and a half and then they like they rebroadcast segments so i'm like hey you said that same thing two hours ago the exact same way so and i watch undisputed and i watch first take sometimes i watch colin sometimes i watch get up um and then like nfl live and some of the other shows uh the jason whitlock speak for yourself so i you know and i don't watch all the shows every day it's not like i don't have a life or a job but you know, if I have downtime, I'll check out some of these shows or I'll record them. So the point of me saying that is the more I watch, the more disgusted I get. Yet these shows are popular. There's more and more of them. And it's what people like. And what, what had me think of this concept is, was um, after the Warriors basketball lost the first two games. And... I heard one of the shows, the question was, now, as many of you know, basketball is 82 games. Warriors started out 0-2. Now, they did win the third game, but they started out 0-2. And the question was, do you think the Warriors will make the playoffs? And I had to do a double take. Because unlike football, which is only 16 games, it's 82 games. They lost the first two. And the question is, will they make the playoffs? 80 games to play. 80 games. And we're asking, and, and, and we're being asked, we meaning the viewing public, do you think the Warriors will make the playoffs? It's no different than in football when after two weeks, who's, who's, who's your MVP? Who's going to the school? Hmm. It is insane. It is ridiculous. So I'm thinking about doing And then all of the predictions and – you know, it, it, it just, it's getting out of hand, and someone has to hold these people accountable. I think about doing a show, separate from this show, called Versus. And it'd be me, Commissioner T, versus these guys. And I would literally call them out, the show, the pundit, and the topic. And the point would be to continually show how ridiculous some of these debates and discussions are. Now, what, why would I want to do that? Because I think they're insulting the sports public with some of these shows. I'm not even trying to say don't have the shows. I'm not trying to say these guys shouldn't be on the shows, although some of them are pretty bad. But what I am saying is give us quality. Don't sit there after two games and talk about who's, 
who's going to the playoffs in basketball when you know half the league goes to the playoffs anyway. But now we're going to have a debate on that two weeks in. You know, the Cowboys get mollywhopped by the Jets. The next week, they put a whooping on the Eagles. And two weeks, I heard the Cowboys went from trash, overrated, to hyped, to are they a Super Bowl contender again? In, in, in just two weeks, two, from losing to the Jets, oh, they're trash, they're garbage, they're, you know, overrated. Dak lost money, um, you know, all this negativity because they lost to the Jets. They whoop up on the Eagles. The next week it's, oh, you know, the Eagles lost, Cowboys won. Are the Cowboys going to, you know, go to the Super Bowl? What? A week ago we were trash. We were just trash. Not even a full week ago. Because a lot of you picked the Eagles to go into Dallas and beat Dallas because the Cowboys had just lost to the Jets. And Carson Wentz is so much better than Dak Prescott. And in one game, in two days, it went from that to, and then the Eagles became trash all of a sudden. And then, oh, it gets better, JB, it gets better. So then Orlando Hmm. Skandrick, who I like, goes on undisputed, former Cowboy, roasts the Eagles. So now the Eagles season is done because they're dysfunctional, they're this, their dad, Carson Wentz is a good leader. Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins is, is selfish, right? They're, and I'm not doubting Skandrick, but now everyone's analyzing it. The Eagles are done. Eagles go into Buffalo, beat a team that many thought were going to the playoffs, thought the Buffalo had a chance to get into the playoffs because they played the Patriots tough and had a good record. Molly Watts, the Bills. Now all of a sudden the Bills are overrated, and now the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. I can't, I can't take it. I can't take it. I'm thinking about doing that kind of show, Jay. What do you think? Well, uh, it'd probably be a good idea. I know a lot of what goes on right now is knee-jerk reactions, and, and we discussed this before the season started. And it seems like throughout the years, it's it's getting progressively worse. Maybe you should call the the name of the show "End Zone to End Zone" because it feels like, to your point, one minute a team is trash, the next minute they're champions, and, and vice versa. Or better yet, call it the 50-yard line because you'll be by yourself right there because nobody seems to want to meet in the middle. It's just a a matter of (laughs) finding something to talk about and then continue to, as as we've heard from Stephen A., bloviate about it. But I don't know if it's so much there's nothing else to talk about or they just feel as though knee-jerk reactions deserve spotlight. And in my opinion, they don't. I think there's plenty to talk about without – Talking, talking about a certain team that's going to be a Super Bowl contender one week or going to be a, a number one or number two in the draft the next week. With everything that's happened this past week, with trades or, or speaking of trades and the fact that we haven't seen this flurry of, of uh, excitement and concerning trades in years, especially in, in, in pro football, those are the things to discuss. Not the Cowboys being trashed one week, beating the Cowboys next week, not a Super Bowl contenders. And, and like you said with the Bills, you were right on point with that too. It's a matter of other items that can be brought up that are that are more more pressing, more prevalent, more important to talk about than trying to figure out this knee-jerk reaction mess. I don't, I don't understand why it continues, but it seems to be getting worse throughout the years. 
Yeah, and I think I think my message is, and you know, I'll think about the title. I appreciate the suggestions. And when I say I'm going to do it by myself, I might do it like a lunchtime show. You know, my schedule is kind of flexible. You guys are working, but certainly you guys always be welcome to come on if if I'm doing a show and you guys are around and want to jump on and you know join me. It's not I'm not excluding you guys, but I'm going to schedule it based upon my schedule. So you know that that's why I'm saying, and it won't. It'll be totally separate from what we talk about, so there'll be no conflict. Um, but I've been thinking about this for a long time, and 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 you really you, you really nailed it. And I think that for me, it's about our intelligence as the sporting public, you know, and how these conversations, in many cases, are insulting to us. It's just, it's just literally insulting to us, you know. And, and I, I hate like like Stephen A is popular, right? He's so popular, and he's becoming the face of ESPN if he's not already the face of ESPN. And I don't want it to come across as jealousy of sour grapes. I, I make a good living with what I'm doing. I ain't making Stephen A money, but I'm okay in the banking business what I'm doing. So there's no, you know, I, I've got my house. I've got my stuff. Like, I, I ain't trying to take nothing away from the brother. He's worked hard to get to where he is and wish him nothing but the best. He's a brother. We're about the same age doing this thing and ain't a, it's not that I, I, you know, or Shannon or Skip or any of these guys out there but it's just about you know Stephen A talks about I don't I don't dislike the Cowboys I dislike the fans so his his way of punishing us is to talk bad about the team but he doesn't dislike the team he doesn't dislike Jason Garrett but he talks bad about Jason Garrett he doesn't dislike Jerry Jones but so he's trying to hurt us fans. And, and, and I want to say, yeah, there are fans that don't like what you say, but do you realize that the vast majority of us could give a fuck? We don't care. Mm. <laughs> like, like, you know, I watch the show. I'll hear what he has to say. And literally 10 minutes after the show goes off, I'm not even thinking about him. I care more about what he says on social issues because I think he's got a good grasp of some of the social issues out there and being a person of color in a prominent vocal position, I like when he takes a stand that I can support and I can say, go ahead, Stephen A. Cause I don't have that reach. The Madden voice doesn't have that reach. He does. I love that stuff, but this other, you know, when, uh, cowboy fans, you know, you know, disgusting cops, shut up. Like, don't lower yourself. You're an intelligent brother. You got a degree. You're making millions. I think he's making millions. I really don't know what he's making, but you're wearing Tom Ford's shoes, and, you know, like, you're doing well. Stop, you know. But here's the thing. It's a shtick now. It's like an act. And it has made him famous, and it's made him a lot of money. And if it wasn't for the Cowboys or LeBron James, Stephen A. Smith would be a nobody. If it wasn't for the Cowboys, the Patriots, and LeBron James, Skip Bayless would be nobody. That's a fact. So I'm not – I don't want to attack them, but I want them to raise their game. I think they can be better. Give us debates and discussions that we can think – you know, I love the Tom Brady falling off the cliff debate because we had that one here on the show many times. Give us stuff that we can right. sink our teeth into and be like, wow. You know, is Brady going to leave the Patriots? Okay, you got my interest now. Is Belichick, like, who's, who's the power broker there? Brady or Belichick? Crafts behind the scenes. Who's his real son? Like, okay, you got my interest then. 
but some of this other crap, it's just garbage. So anyway, the point, I didn't plan, didn't plan to talk about this as long as I did, but the point of the show would be to call out some of this ridiculousness, do a show about it, do some marketing, and maybe it goes nowhere. Maybe at the end of the day, I just feel better. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe I just feel better that I called them out and life goes on. But, you know, maybe people see it. I, I still believe that more people listen you know, people of sub of, of substance of significance actually have listened to the show from time to time. I think mm-hmm. there's people that their job is to scour the internet and check out podcasts. And I think we're one of those because it's too many times that we've talked about something on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. There it is. Word for word, not just the concept, literally word for word. And I'm like, that's exactly what JB said last night. That's exactly what I said last, you know, like too many times that's happened. So maybe I do that. And I do want to. I want to make sure I gotta do some copyright research and make sure I'm. I'm pretty sure because we're media. As long as I give them credit for anything I may discuss or post or air, I think I'm good. But I just want to double check it. Sure, I don't need any of them cats coming after me. I ain't got. I ain't got that kind of money. Um, but once I figure that part <laughs> out, yeah, I'm gonna do a few shows and um, see where it goes. So stay tuned. Um, all right, so since I spent like 15 minutes on that, which I didn't plan to do. Um, so here's what I want to do, JB. I wanted, the first question I want to tackle is, this is an easy answer for you and I. Are the Cowboys going to win FC East? You and I would say yes, right? Right. Okay. So instead of wasting, and, and I don't want to do what they do, which is insult people's intelligence, the two Cowboy fans are picking the Cowboys to win the NFC East. Oh, boy. Um, you know, a week after they mollywopped the Eagles. Wow, guys, that's a stretch. Okay, you're right. Let's go through the schedule, and we'll do the Eagles first, and let's go through the rest of the schedule, and let's pick win or lose, and let's keep track of it. And um, we'll try win or lose first, and then if we have to go back and do division or tiebreaker, we'll go back to that. After, because right now the Cowboys are three and zero in a division, and the Cowboys have been very strong over the last couple of years in division games. I don't think division record the Cowboys are going to get the, the Eagles are going to beat them. I don't I don't see that happening, but it could win outright. So let's let's go through. I'll start with the Eagles. The Eagles are four and four, as you know, and um, impressive win in Buffalo against Buffalo. Well, that was impressive. So the next game is. Uh, I'm trying to see. They are hosting the Bears. Um, so at home, Philly has the Bears. I gotta freaking write this down because I'm not gonna remember this. <laughs> so I am going to my trusty notes on my phone. So, okay, Philly, Philly. I don't know Philly games. Okay, all right. Bears. What do you think? They are hosting the Bears, 1 o'clock game. What do you think? Ooh, um, damn, it's going to be tough. I'm going to say, yes, that's a victory for the Eagles, only because of them playing at home. I'm trying to take a look at their home schedule, or not home schedule, their their home record. But um, a lot of that also depends on who's going to be starting for the Bears. Uh, There's, there's, if I'm not mistaken, been talks of, Trubisky um, sitting down, if I heard correctly, from from Sunday, trying to catch up on stuff late Sunday night and into Monday. So 
the offense of the Bears makes me feel as though the offense of the Eagles are just going to be able to outscore them. Um, the defense, as potent as it is, you still got to put points on the board. And I just don't think Chicago's going to do enough of that. So I think the Philly, uh, Philly's going to take that one. Okay. And, and the way I'm going to do this is you and I have to come to a consensus. We have to agree. Um, since only two of us, we don't have a third vote. So if we disagree, one of us has to convince the other person. Um, on this one, I agree with you. I agree with Philly at home. Trubisky's been terrible. Don't know if he's going to start or not. Um, but I, I think that Skandrick lit a fire under these guys, and so be it. Um, I think they're going to play better. They found a running game. Um, even though the Bears' D is for real, um, the Bears ain't, ain't scoring points, and their kicking game is atrocious. Um, sorry, Train, but I, I, and, and it, this is prediction, not want. I'm going to be sitting up there with my pom-poms on, eating, you know, uh, Chicago deep pizza in my living room <laughs> Sunday at 1 o'clock, yep. rooting for them Bears, you yep. know what I mean? Um, exactly. Right. So that's week nine, you know what I mean? So, um, so week 10 is a bye. The next one is home against the Patriots. Um, at this point, I'm going to go with the Patriots. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Patriots just too strong right now. And I think, I feel as yeah, though, no matter what kind of game plan you may have against them, they have something to figure it out. And I just don't see it. Not not this game. Um, and it's a, a 4 o'clock? No, not this one. Take New England. Okay. Okay. Um, I got a text from Lena saying that she can't hear me. So let me – Lena, if you can hear me, just text me that you can hear me now. Um, sometimes when I do the show and I'm on my cell phone, the service comes and goes. So it is possible that um, – so I'm asking her to text me. Okay. Uh, but we're going to keep going. Keep the party rolling. Um, so we got the Patriots on that one. Um, damn, are these home games? Yeah, three – Damn, Eagles got three home games in a row in a bye week. Damn, how that happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's because they had three road games in a row before that. Okay. Minnesota was on the road. They lost. Dallas was on the road. They lost. Buffalo was on the road. They won. And then Chicago home, then a bye week, and then two more home games. Okay. Um, so, Seahawks um, at home. No. What do you think? No. Um Nope. I think Seahawks are going to take that one as long as they can stay healthy, they being the Seahawks. And when you got uh, Russell Wilson back there as your quarterback, yeah, uh, that game or, or that team really can win at home with the 12th man and they can win on the road. They're undefeated right now on the road, which is a, a testament to how they can travel. And I think they'll be able to take that one also. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I got Seahawks. Um, at Miami, let's continue. No discussion needed. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. Hosting the Giants, um, not as bad as Miami, but, I mean, unless you feel differently, I think they'll beat the Giants at home. No, we can keep going. All right. Uh, so, week 15 at Washington. <sighs> this isn't looking good for us. <laughs> they'll beat Redskins. No. Nope. <laughs> Yep. Uh, um, and then home against the Cowboys. This is week 16. So, you know, let's skip this one for now, and let's go through the Dallas record, and let's see what, what what's going on with Dallas. 
um, around the same time because at least like we know they had to rest. You know, you got three NFC East teams in a row. Giants are going to be Redskins. They're going to be. I mean, the, the Giants will probably fight, but I think they'll beat the Giants. The Redskins, they're just bad. Um, and and then the Cowboys, and then and then they end up. Uh, um, their last game is uh, Giants at the Giants. Um, so, hold on. I messed myself up doing this. So, yeah, I see a lot of wins coming from Philly, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you think about it. We're, we're in a division where it's really going to be between Philly and, and Dallas. And anytime you play Washington and, and New York, and they haven't played them yet, so that's four four games right there. Right. That's right, the so schedule for, going for, right there. Right. All right. So, for argument's sake, let's just go ahead and pencil in a Cowboy victory. We we can go back and change it, but just so we can come up with. Um, so if, if so, right now with eight games to go, we've got Philly going five and three down the stretch, losing to the Patriots, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. Which would give them nine and seven. Nine and seven record. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So let me let me write that down. And I think that would also give them four and two in the division. Which. Yep. Yep. Four and two in the division. Okay. Interesting. All right. All right. Now let's go to Dallas. I happen to have their schedule right here. All right. So the the Cowboys are four and three coming off their bye week. Um, hold on. Let me write that down. Dallas games four and three. All right. At the Giants, uh, I'm going to say Dallas. You agree? Mm. Hmm. Interesting game uh, in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Minnesota no, that, that one's at AT&T. Is it uh, at? Oh, That's you're right. Home you're right. Game. You're right. You're right. Home you're game. Right. Home game. Okay, Dallas. Minnesota. I don't yeah. know. That would have. I, I had to think about that one. Um, if, if I home, tell you what, if if that was a road game and not a home game, that'd be a really hard one because it seems as though whatever happened with that whole Stephon Diggs and him apologizing to Thielen and all that stuff, they have looked like a, a team on a mission. Um, but remember, but at, Kirk at, Cousins at home. does not play well against Dallas. I know I got something to yeah. do with the team, and it's at home. Oh, that's a home run right there. That is oh, he just killed that one. Good God. Houston. Okay, sorry. I just love when they hit the home run, they just stop and look at it. It's like, yeah, I know that's gone. <sighs> anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and, and the other thing is, Thielen's out, was out this past week, so we got to monitor that. But, um, but yeah, they definitely have – they've opened up their passing game. And um, But I agree with you. If Dallas is at home, um, I'd go with Dallas. Okay. A week 11 at Detroit. Detroit always plays us tough. <sighs> yeah. What do you think? 
I'll tell you this. Um, I'm going to go with Dallas, and maybe it's a bit of a homerism because I don't feel comfortable about that game at all. I know we had talked about Matthew Stafford in the past. I know you don't believe in him. But there's nope. something about him. When, when he catches fire, he catches fire. And um, they've got some receivers over there. You know, Galladay is a, a surprisingly uh, top-tier receiver. Yeah. It ain't surprised um, me. Had him on the fantasy team last year and this year. That boy bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is. He is. I mean, but he's not someone that you would think around the top of your head, but he's someone that will take your head off. And um, yeah. they got to look out for him. Um, I'm trying to remember their running game. I don't carry on Johnson. I think he went on IR. So um, He's on IR, yeah. I had that, him. That, he's on IR. Yeah. That may make them one-dimensional, which means we can pin our ears back and go after him. Well, um, and here's the thing, and, and, and I think you, you raise an interesting point with the second half of the season. We didn't get Jamal Adams, but I commend Dallas and Jerry Jones and Will McClay and Stephen Jones and Garrett um, for not resting on their laurels and trying to improve right. this team. They didn't get Adams, but they did get Michael Bennett. We had Martellus Bennett, so we're familiar with the personality. Um, they're very much alike, very similar. And they both played for New England and Dallas. How many people can say that? Uh, those two, Amendola, right. another one that could say that. Um, but with Tyron Crawford being out for the year, and he was that defensive tackle that could stop the run and could also get some pressure on the quarterback. Now we've got another guy who's got similar talent. And frankly, although I think Crawford's a little younger, um, I still think Ian yeah. Bennett at 34 might be a little bit better than Crawford. Um, not much, because Crawford's pretty doggone good. But Bennett, Bennett, yeah. Bennett's a monster. So now, like you said, talking about pinning your ears back, now we got three positions that can go and get the quarterback. Right. And we've seen in the NFL, if you could rush with your top four and get pressure on the quarterback with your front four, oh, you know, you, you, I don't care who it is. Brady, I don't care who it is. They're going to have challenges. And Dallas getting Bennett, I think, is, could be huge um, down right. the stretch. Yeah. Right. I 100% so. agree. And, and and just to piggyback and, and kind of go off on a, a bit of a tangent, for the fact of the matter that they only got him for a seventh rounder, I thought was big. I know a lot of that has to do with his age. I think he is 33, if I'm not mistaken. But still, to give yeah. up just a seventh rounder to get him, I thought was, was a good move and a smart move because they, they need some more bodies up front. They need some depth no matter what. And um, when you've got – Four Daddy on one side, you got Quinn on the other side, and then you got those linebackers coming up the middle to give additional support and pressure. Now you've got Bennett coming up in there. And, and again, going to a team that potentially could be one-dimensional with their running back situation, I think it's it's almost an ideal situation, especially if, if there's some weaknesses in that offensive line of Detroit, to really get after them and make this a lopsided game. That's the hope. Um, I'm still going to go with Dallas but I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dallas too, but that's one of those, that's an iffy one. Um, and that's assuming Dallas is healthy. All of these games are assuming that Dallas remains, and when I say healthy, I mean key positions. Tackles, you know, the, the, the challenges they've had up to this point, both tackles, Cooper, Cobb, uh, Byron Jones, you know, these are all, all of these positions. Maybe Randall Cobb, I don't know if he's been to a Pro Bowl, but all the other guys are Pro Bowlers. So I'm assuming yeah, that I think they're so. relatively healthy. Um, all right, next game. <sighs> At 
the Patriots for pick'em purposes and being totally objective. I, I, I'm hard pressed to pick Dallas for this purpose. Although I'm sure when the show comes, um, I'll be ranting and raving depending on how the Cowboys are playing about how they're going to go to New England and make a statement to the defending Super Bowl champs, who at that time could still be undefeated for all we know. Um, but right now, for these purposes, I'm going to go ahead and pick New England because it is a big, it's a big test to go into New England and beat them. Um, the way they're playing, you know, undefeated <laughs> Super Bowl champ. And they're undefeated so far. So I, I'm going to go with the Patriots for the purposes of predictions. And, and, and this is what makes the Detroit game such a, a vital one because they could be looking past them to this game, which really adds to the intrigue of that, that matchup with Detroit. Uh, with New England, I'm in agreement with you too. Um, I mean, let's, let's be realistic. It's a well-oiled machine they got going on up there. And even if Brady isn't the Brady of old, um, they're still playing lights out as as a whole, offense, defense, and special teams. Um, so putting on the realistic hat, yeah, uh, we'll say New England. All right. Alina, if you're listening, don't get all excited over there, okay? She's a New England fan. Don't get excited. Um, next game, <laughs> we're, up to, uh, we're up to week 13, which is Thanksgiving, and this is Buffalo coming into Dallas, short week, um, I, I, you know, especially with what I saw from Buffalo against Philly, uh, short week, Dallas is, is, you know, well, I have more teams now prepared because everyone plays Thursday night football, but, um, you know, national televised game Thursday afternoon. Um, I never thought Buffalo was, I mean, they had, a, they had a favorable schedule, got some nice wins, um, played, played the Pats tough. Uh, but I, I, I think, um, and I think particularly because I believe Dallas losing to New England is certainly going to, you know, fire them up depending on how that game plays out. And I don't see them. You know, they had their three-game losing streak for the year. You know, they're not, they're not trying to lose back-to-back games or any of that crap anymore. They, they went through that little slump. I think that's in the past now. Now it's time to play some football. So I'm going to go with Dallas to beat Buffalo in Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I, I agree there too. I look at what Buffalo's done throughout the year. I mean, they had, they they did play New England stuff before. I get all of that, but when you look at the wins that they have had, I mean, they they beat the Giants in Week Two um, uh, by a couple of touchdowns. They obviously beat Miami by by ten a uh, uh, week and a half back. But that's those are the only two games where we're talking double digit victories. And everyone else, the Cincinnati game, they, they won by four. That could have gone either way. Uh, the Tennessee game, that was by a touchdown. One ball bouncing one direction or other, they could lose that one. I never really was high on Buffalo to begin with. I know that five and two, your record says you, you are what your record says you are. But I just I feel like it's a week five and two. So I never had them in, in any discussions of the top five power rankings, the TMB. So I think Dallas is going to be able to take care of business with this one. Okay. Uh, this next game, boy. So one week later, Thursday night game, week 14 at Chicago. At home. Damn. At Chicago. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's a tough one. And, and, here, and here's what's interesting is here's the stretch of games that the Cowboys have. Okay. So after they play the Giants, and let's assume – 
you know, and I, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy game. They're in New York, NFC East game, but I, I think they'll handle their business Monday night. They've had the bye week. They're healing up. They're resting. I, I think they'll take care of their business. Um, but then Minnesota, going to be a tough game at home. Detroit, we know Detroit plays them tough in Detroit. New England, we both said that at this point we can't see Dallas beating New England in New England. Buffalo at home should be able to win, but Buffalo is better than Buffalo has been in recent years. Um, but, you know, should be able to get that win. Then they go to Chicago. Then they come home to play the Rams. Then they go to Philly. Like, this schedule now is really heating up. And all you need is Tyrone Smith or Lyle Collins or, you know, a key player that they have not shown that they have an adequate backup for to go down. Season's over. The season, it's done. Like, it's done. It's, it's really, unfortunately, it's that simple at this point because we saw what happened in that three-game losing streak when they didn't have Cooper and they didn't, you know, one game they had Cooper and didn't have Smith and they didn't, you know, we saw what happened. And that's all we need during the stretch is for any of these guys. And Collins has generally been fairly healthy. Cooper has been healthy. Um, but Tyron Smith hasn't, I don't know, if it's been years since Tyron Smith has played 16 games. So you can almost book that he'll get injured again. Something will happen and he's going to miss time. And they don't have a good backup. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is, there's potential trouble brewing here, Cowboy Nation. I want everybody to know. Like, this is real. We've lost three games in a row. And, okay, you know, looking back on it, the Saints, you would have liked to have gotten a win against the Saints. But, you know, Teddy did his job, and he did well, and he showed that he's going to be a starter somewhere next year. So you can't, you can't knock that one. Packers, uh, certainly a winnable game, but you let a team go up 31-3, it's over. But that Jets game, that's going to come back and bite you later. That's a game that you should have went in yep. there and whooped up on them because that one loss could be the difference between winning the division, going to the playoffs, or losing the division and going home. That game could be critical down the road. Yeah. All right. That's, that's why they got to figure out a way to steal one of these games that we see being a, an L a game similar to uh, like a game against New England. We don't have them predicted to win, but they need to steal that one just to gain it back. So what do you think about Chicago in Chicago week 14? Mm. Uh, and it's a Thursday night game on top of it. Oh man, I don't feel good about well, it. Well, it's, it's the week after Thanksgiving. So they, they do get seven days. Okay. Cause this is the week after that, that Thanksgiving. Is, I see it. Yep. I see it now. Um, yeah, it's still, you're still going in Chicago against that defense. And I know we just talked about them and their struggles against Philadelphia. And I think health is going to be a key factor, but we're going to continue to assume that they do stay healthy. Um, I look at it like this offense versus their defense, their offense versus our defense and everything else remaining equal. I'm still going to take Dallas in this one. Um, sorry, train going to be a close one. It'd be like a 16-13, 13-10 type of deal. But um, the Bears' offense is what's holding that team back. They're not able to use Tariq Cohen the way they used to. I thought letting Howard go was the wrong thing to do, even though they're high yep. on this rookie. Trubisky still hasn't taken that step. Um, the offense is clearly holding that team back. 
And in this league, this t- this day and age of offense, you have to score. And I think Dallas can score enough even against that defense of the Bears to, to win. So I'll, I'll give the Cowboys victory on that one. I'm going to agree with you. And, again, you know, trying not to be too much of a homer, but it is what it is. Um, I think their running game versus our running game, we're getting into December. It's getting colder. The Windy City. Um, and I think what Dallas has done over – the three years now in his fourth year that Dak Prescott has been um, the starting quarterback is down the stretch. They've been able to win some of these games because of Zeke, you know, Zeke gets stronger. Zeke, you know, while it's, it's taken him a while to get up to speed, he's starting to look like Zeke now finally, and he doesn't have the preseason, you know, all that wear and tear on him. And I think this is where that actually is going to become a benefit as we get into December. And we need our bell count. Yeah. And Tony Pollard, I mean, I don't, I, he ain't Zeke. Let's, let's not get it twisted. But that boy can go in and get 10, 12 touches and make something happen. There's no doubt about it. You know, he, he, he's, got, he's got that juke. He, he, he's got it. He's got whatever that it is, he's got it. Like, that, that boy is going to be a starter somewhere in this league at some point. He makes me think of a McCaffrey type. Like, I see a lot of the same skills. He ain't McCaffrey. Don't anybody throw eggs at me and say, what are you talking about? But could he become that down the road? If he, you know, it would be hard for him to do that in Dallas because we, we have our own. But um, Dallas may have a hard time keeping him after his rookie contract is up because that, that boy's got something. He, he's got something. And they just locked Zeke in for like 800 years for, you know, a billion dollars. So Zeke ain't going nowhere. Um, nope. So, but, um, yeah, for, for all those reasons, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Um, not sorry, Trey. Okay. Um, so then they get a, a nice 10-day rest, and you get to go home, and they get to face the Rams. <laughs> Congratulations, Dallas. <laughs> after, after going to the Windy City and playing the Bears, we're going to congratulate you and send the Rams out your way. Um, uh, well, you went first on the Bears. So, uh, well, let's see. The Rams. Um, smacked us good in the playoffs last year. I mean, ran all over us. C.J. Anderson and Todd, Todd Gurley. Uh, Anderson's no longer with the Rams. Uh, while Gurley has had some flashes of his previous self, he's still not Todd Gurley. Um, this Rams team currently, it, it, currently, and, and, and it remains to be seen what they'll do. Because who did they just pick up? The Rams just picked up um, Jalen Ramsey. So, let's see what, you know, and he played a good game, the, the, his first game. So, let's see what happens. But um, I, I, this is definitely a game that could go either way. And by then, either team could be looking different than how they're looking now. The Rams could go one way, the Cowboys could go one way. Like, we could be looking at this game by week 15 like, oh, yeah, the Cowboys are, you know, beat the Patriots and did this. And, oh, my God, they're, you know, Stephen A. Smith, oh, the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. As much as it pains me to say it, the Dallas Cowboys are going to the – I can hear it now. Or he could be laughing because the Cowboys are tanking. Who knows? But with what I know today and the fact that they're going to be home and the fact that I believe that this is a revenge game and they've got 10 days to get ready for this game, and they don't like how they got smacked around last year. I'm going to – I and it's not an easy pick because the Rams, when they're on their game, they're pretty damn good. But I'm going to go with Dallas. 
Yeah, I'm, for those same reasons, I'm going with Dallas as well. I think the, the taste in their mouth from last year's playoff loss is still there. I think there's a chance for them to kind of enact revenge. So why not? And and something about the Rams, I know they're 5-3 and three and they're on a two-game winning streak. And, and, I mean, they played the Falcons, which I feel as though anybody can beat them right now. And then they went and played the Bengals and beat them as well. But to pick up two cornerbacks in the offseason, and now they're both gone to different teams. And, and yeah, they got Jalen Ramsey in one of those trades. But it, I don't know. Something about what's going on over there underneath the surface kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. I, 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 I feel as though there's some type of uh, discontention going on there. So it, it may continue to fester itself. It may it may be nothing. It may be, be my imagination. But I feel as though something's brewing underneath the surface there that's going to affect the team and, and negatively impact them. And I think Dallas will be able to take that ammunition from last season's uh, season-ending loss and be able to uh, snatch a victory. So I'm going to agree with you and go with Dallas. And, and, you know, it's funny you say that. And sometimes we have these conversations. And um, I say to myself, yeah, that's my brother, because I've been feeling the exact same thing. Like, literally, you took the words, like, literally out of my mouth that I, I, I ha- can't quite put my finger on it. I, I was thinking that maybe the McVeigh magic is dying. You know, everybody anointed him the next Belichick, and let's go out and get the next McVeigh. And you know how I feel about anointing, right? I'm stealing Bill Parcells. He's my all-time favorite coach, and I'm stealing some of his words, but put away the anointing oils, right? And, you know, McVeigh, the young genius and all of that, and it was on Gruden's staff 10 years ago or whatever. And, you know, the, the, the media is quick to crown somebody as uh as uh oh you know what this is a good time to play that hold on yeah yeah hold on i i'm i'm away from the switchboard because i have the schedules up so okay nobody's trying to call in um but i did say something about crowning somebody we just uh, wait, the bears are what we thought they were what what we thought they were we played them in preseason who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit bullshit we played them the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Uh, I still think of that beer commercial when he took that and, and he walked off and again to get the beer commercial and they said, that guy's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but, but to finish up our predictions, because we've got, we've got, um, so we're picking the Cowboys, and then we already picked Week 16, which was the um, where did it go? Where did it? Oh, there it is. We already picked Week six, Week 16, which was the Eagles, and then of course Week 17 is the Redskins. will beat them. So, so here's here's what's funny. Okay. <laughs> Um, and yeah, we were pretty, we were we were homers because we got the Cowboys going eight and one down the stretch, okay, um, which would put them at twelve and four, six and zero in the conference. And you know, at that point, you're looking at, you know, you're probably looking at like a number two seed and all of that. Um, but I think we at least acknowledged that there are games where, you know, like you know, the Eagles game in Philly, the Rams game at home, the Bears game in Chicago the Patriots game in New England, the Vikings game at home, 
the Lions game in Detroit. So there's a bunch of games that are really, I don't want to say pick them games, but while Dallas is capable of winning, they're very capable of losing. And I think what this division boils down to is which Dallas team are we going to see and which Philly team are we going to see? Are we going to see the Philly team we just saw go into Buffalo, slap Buffalo, go into Green Bay, slap Green Bay? Are we going to see the Dallas team that for three weeks, even though it was inferior competition, looked like they were going to the Super Bowl, then, you know, disappeared, looked like garbage, but then came back and, you know, I just, I mean, no one saw this coming. No one saw Dallas blowing out Philly, even though they were home. No one saw Dallas blowing out Philly like that. So, which Dallas team are we going to see down the stretch and which Philly team are we going to see down the stretch is really what it boils down to. And if both teams play at their latest capacity, Philly continues to play at what we saw um, Sunday and Dallas plays like what we saw, then it's going to be good. It's going to be good. This is what football is all about. Each week it's going to be nip and tuck. It's going to be good. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I still I still think Dallas is a, a – I still think because two out of the last three years Dallas has won this division, I, I, I think that – let me put it this way, Jay. I want to get your thoughts on this. So I'm segueing into another topic a bit, but we can still talk about this, but I'm segueing another topic. Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott. Now think about this today. And this is one of the reasons why I lean on Dallas over Philly as well, because I don't view Carson Wentz as a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Now, let me explain to you why, and I want your response, your feedback. Um, Carson Wentz is athletic, right? He's got a rifle arm, he's mobile, and he, you know, he, 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 he seems when he's on his game, he has a very good command of the game. Dak, on the other hand, this year has looked a lot better. But in previous years, we questioned, could he throw the deep ball? I remember being on this show saying, why can't Dak go down the field? What's going on? Now he's got Cooper, he's got Gallup, he's got Tavon. He's going down the field. I look at some of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I look at Brady. How athletic is Tom Brady? (laughs) Not. How athletic is Peyton Manning? Not. Yeah, those are two. If you pick five quarterbacks and they're not in your top five, you don't know football. And I know there's a lot of great quarterbacks. We've got Marino. We've got, you know, we've got Brett Farber. Right, Farber. We've got Montana. Montana. We've got Young. We've got Aikman. We've got Bart Starr. We've got, there's, you know, there's, there's Drew Brees, right? So, you know, there's, it's crowded up there. But those two, Brady's definitely going to be number one. But then Manning, just, he just got to be up there, okay? But neither one of these guys are athletic. Neither one of these guys would you say, when you're looking at talent, you'd have to say, oh, my God, they're, they're just oozing out of their pockets talent. But you can say they were great quarterbacks. That's how I look at Dak. Dak is agile. He's mobile. He's not always the most accurate. But he's got the it factor. He can win. He wins games three years in a row, no losing seasons. Two years, in, two out of three years, won the division. Tough. He doesn't. He doesn't miss games. 
and we've seen his progression. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, two years in a row, didn't finish the season. Nick Foles' journeyman comes in, takes the team to a Super Bowl. Uh, Chris Long does a shrine. Foles is gone. He does a shrine to honor Foles. There's all this scuttlebutt around Foles' leadership style versus Wentz's, and it's like we like his, we don't like his. And I think all of that stuff, you can heal for a week or two. Scandrick comes out, runs his mouth, and people are like, they rally, and they're like, oh, we're going to show them. But in the long run, you can't, you, you're not going to fix that. Not, not without doing something, changing something. It's not going to get fixed. And I think if both teams are playing well and fighting hard, I think that's going to be the difference. Scandrick also said he misses being in Dallas. He also said um, how talented the team was. And he said how Jason Garrett motivates that team. Coach Clapp, everybody's dog for clapping and being monotone in his, in his interviews. I ain't going to lie, it kind of drives me crazy too. But everybody, he's not a motivator. Skip Bayless said that Doug Peterson motivated Jason Garrett, I mean, I'm sorry, the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Eagles, not Jason Garrett. I listened to Cowboys radio. They laughed at that. They said, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me that they don't give Jason Garrett the credit for motivating that team. Because no one's in that locker room to hear what Garrett's saying to the team. Yet, because he's not doing it in front of the media, oh, it can't be Garrett, it was Doug Peterson. It's ridiculous. So um, I say all that to say I think one of the reasons Dallas is going to win the division and get into the playoffs is I think Dak Prescott is just a better is he a better athlete? Eh, I don't know. I, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He's pretty athletic, but Carson Wentz, he's pretty athletic. I don't know. But I just think Dak Prescott is a better quarterback. Now, Jay, I've talked a lot. I'm going to give you the floor. I, I know i covered a lot of space, so I'll give you the time you need. But what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think it's there's multi facets to all of this. I think when you're talking about physical capabilities and you're talking about playing the position and you're also talking about leadership. And if you were to talk about the physical attributes in terms of throwing the football, uh, I think Carson Wentz throws the football better. But the the key factor in all of this really is leadership. I'm glad that you brought it up because Dak is a leader and he is a quarterback. And you Those two terms aren't always mutually exclusive. They blend into one another because when you're the quarterback, you're really the leader of the team that you're supposed to be anyway. Um, When you look at Dak, you look at him. He is obviously the quarterback of this team, hands down. He has a locker room, hands down. He is a leader of that football team, hands down. And we've talked about it many times on this show, your biggest ability is your availability. And knock on wood, he has yet to miss a game in his career so far. Can't say the same for Wentz. At the same token, you look at, and I'm switching off a little bit, you look at where they were drafted. That fourth round wasn't mm. expected to be much, just a backup to Romo. Wentz comes in, pick number two, faces the franchise. So you're already starting off at different um, starting points in terms of expectations. Let me clarify. Well, when you thing. don't know. Let me let me clarify mm-hmm. one thing. Dak, you're right. Dak was actually fourth string because Romo right. was the starter. Kellen Moore was the backup. 
Jamil Showers at that time was number three on the depth chart, and Dak Prescott, who you're right, fourth-round pick, had just been drafted, was a number four pick versus Carson Wentz, who was a number four in the draft. Wentz, Wentz? Number two. I know he's first round, but number two. Number two. So you're right. Uh, Pedigree expectations completely, like, different. You're absolutely right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. So – where you're drafted does make a difference because obviously if you're a first round pick and in top five, whatever, even, even the upper half of the draft, you're expected to be a needle mover. When you're picked in the fourth round, expectations obviously aren't that high. And if they were, you would have been picked earlier by someone else or that same team. So being in the same draft, mind you, and looking at their careers and how they have progressed and also looking at the eye test, on how they progressed. I too would say Dak is a better quarterback. He has captured and galvanized that team. He has accomplished more. And then if you want to talk about the sheer numbers, if I'm not mistaken, I heard on, on one of these talk shows where they were debating Wentz versus Dak. I think his career uh, QBR is higher. I believe yes. his, his record is better. I believe yes. um, he has thrown for I think his touchdown to interception ratio is better. Um, I believe you're right. I'd have to so double check that one, but but all yep. these key factors that you look at in terms of the numerics, all these items that people look at when when they, these statistics to to measure a, a player's uh, success, especially when teamed up against another player, all of these point towards that. So it's it's a matter of stats overall appear to be better, and and I need to go back and double check all these key points. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe they are. Overall record is better. But that and I overall know. level of success. Hmm? Yeah, his record is definitely. He's got the second best win loss record since he joined the league, only to Tom Brady. That's a fact. Right. Yep. And also the the fact is, and you already stated this too taking his team to the playoffs two out of three years. Uh, Wentz hasn't done that. And he hasn't stayed healthy, so we really don't even know if he could have to begin with. So, right. and, and, and again, I'll say the most important factor, the most, most impactful, in my opinion, outside of everything we discussed, is his leadership skill. He has that team. And, and he does no wrong. We, we talk about football players and, and professional players in general where they could be great at what they do, but there's always some type of off-the-field off the nonsense or off-the-court nonsense with basketball. There's always something outside of what they do for a living that puts them in, in, in a negative bite. You haven't heard anything about that whatsoever. Not saying that you've heard anything about Wentz, but that's just another feather in that cap. So when you look at the gamut from A to Z, Z back to A, for everything that i stated, I say Dak is a better quarterback as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I think a lot of the pundits say that Wentz has a higher upside. Well, when's he going to show it? <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, it, it, at some point, it's no longer potential if you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, there's the word. Just, there's the word, potential. Because I remember right. Coach Givenauza would always say potential is a scary word. Yeah. Yep. And, that, and, and that's is. why. Because I mean, you, you can see and, it, and, but they got to get to it. Right. And I think the the professional sports, heck, not just professional sports, sports in general is littered with athletes that never reach their potential. 
you know, littered, littered with it, you know. Right. And so I right. think that that you know we we I'm not making picks off potential. I'm making picks off of what I see right now, and what I see right now. I mean, no one saw Tom Brady coming in as a sixth round draft pick and never losing his job, you know. Um, and, and poor Drew Bledsoe, who got replaced, who got replaced by Tom Brady. And then he goes to Dallas and gets replaced by Tony Roma. <laughs> um, but, you know, no, no one saw that. So, yeah, potential to me is nothing. Do it. Show it. Now, maybe we can live with potential in, in the first year, right? We can say, wow, he's got a lot of potential. But I can't live off of that too much longer. You know, you, you, you got to show it. For me to say, um, yeah, you're bringing something to the table. And, frankly, Wentz overall has never to me. Yeah, he had that brief stretch before he got hurt their Super Bowl year, before Foles came in and took him to the Super Bowl, where he he you know was the leading candidate for MVP, and and was playing very well. Um, was he playing better than uh, Dak played? Because that was their second year. So was he playing better than Dak played his rookie year? I don't think so. Um, so again, it, 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 there's a trade-off, and I, I get frustrated when I listen to the people talk. And you know, Max Kellerman's one who, God, the guy's so dramatic. It's not even close. Everybody, I challenge you to listen to him talk about something and make a comparison, and he'll say, "Yeah, this guy is better," and it's not even close. It's 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 like it's like it's like Donald Trump. You know, I, I'm great, and it's, no one's as great as me, and it's not even close. That's how Max Kellerman is. Like, you know, it's, hmm. it's so dramatic. And, um, you know, he says, he talks about <clears throat> Wentz's upside. You know, today, he says, right now I would take Dak Prescott, but to start my franchise, I'd take Carson Wentz. Well, newsflash, they came out of the same draft. We're in year four. Like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> right. What are you waiting for? You know, and for someone – like an Orlando Scandrick. And I found it very interesting that first take did not cover this at all because he went to undisputed and said what he had to say. And first take didn't even mention it. Didn't even refer to it. Other shows on ESPN did. First take didn't even, didn't even mention it at all, which I found very interesting. But if you watch Orlando Scandrick and if you didn't see it, it's on YouTube, I, I, you know, UJB or anyone out there, it's worth, it's worth a good listen. And he's very thoughtful. He's very deliberate with his words. He comes through very credible. He doesn't come through like he's trying to sling mud, like he's trying to. And, and could he be bitter? Could he be bitter that he was with the team three weeks? He did use terms like scapegoat. You know, he did use that term. So could he be bitter? Sure. But if you listen to him, he makes sense. And hey, he he was a Dallas Cowboy for ten years, and he left, and said to me, not to me, but said on the show, his greatest regret, leaving the Cowboys, and how much respect and love he has for that organization. So, I really think that when we look at, you know, as we go down this stretch here, the last half of the season, I think all of that stuff's going to matter. You talk about the Rams, and you felt something, and so do I. Something's not right there, you know, with the Rams, um, the Eagles, you know, I think the same thing. Uh, the Browns, they're definitely a mess. Browns are definitely a mess. You know, Kitchen's got to go. Nice guy, good father, family man, 
you know, goes to church on Sunday when he's not, when he's not coaching football, don't matter. Terrible head coach. He's got to go, you know, and I think we're going to see the rubber hit the road going down the stretch. here. I really do. And teams like Dallas that can lose three games in a row and look disgusting and that people, you know, calling for your head and then you come back and you do what you did. Oh man, that's going to springboard this team down the stretch. It's, it's going to be a very, very interesting second half of the NFL season. It really is. Um, yeah, and just to go back, and I'm, I found some stats uh, to support our argument. Okay. Um, completion percentage, I can't do the numbers off the top of the head that fast. I'm tired. <laughs> but I know even completion percentage. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not like you, but good. I, yeah, you know it's not. Ironically, Dak and, and Wentz, they have on only one attempt difference between the two. So, Dak is throwing the ball 1,713 times. Carson's is throwing it 1,712 times. Yet Dak has over 1,000 yards more than, than Carson does. And um, actually, Carson does have a better touchdown to interception ratio. He's got 84 to 32. Dak is 79 to 32. So he's just five touchdowns less. But he also has 21 rushing touchdowns opposed to Carson's three. Um, so just looking at those numbers, Who has combined with everything we talked finish. about. I mean, if the if um, oh, Dak does okay, yeah, because he's got so Dak has completed more passes. completions, right? right. More more versus. completed passes will do the math about fifty six more completed passes versus just one more okay. attempt. So right. his so Dak his completion percentage is higher. Okay. Yep, more rushing yards, more touchdowns, uh, more rushing touchdowns, I should say. Only five less passing touchdowns. So, and he's played in seven. Twenty one rushing touchdowns. Um, with Zeke Elliott in your backfield. Think about that. Right. Exactly. And yeah. and you know what? I'm glad you said that because I've got um, Zeke's touchdown totals. Zeke has 34 rushing touchdowns. Dak has 21 rushing touchdowns. Mm. Yeah. Now, let it, that it, one marinate, to date, they say. To, to date, 34? To date. Okay. Now, in all honesty, that's low for, for a guy of the caliber. So, clearly, um, Dak, some of those Dak rushing touchdowns are probably at Zeke's expense because – and I know Zeke missed six games last season. I'm sorry, not last season. Um, season before season last, before. he missed six games. Yep. Um, but But still – that's still a little low for a guy of Zeke's caliber, but we, we know that's that's where Dak is getting. But we're not losing them. It's not like the touchdowns aren't getting made. It's just, you know, he's either doing a sneak or he's doing a read option. He's keeping the ball. I mean, even that touchdown he did where, you know, he you know Zeke's saying throw me the ball and he pumped fakes and then, you know, he ran in and, and scored the touchdown. I mean, it, it also looked like had he passed to Zeke, Zeke might have been able to get in and score. So, you know, there are touchdowns mm-hmm. that Zeke could have gotten, but but um, that's still impressive when they view Wentz as a more athletic quarterback. He's got three rushing touchdowns. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's what I mean. And, and, and it's like, good. I was gonna say I'll, I'll give you some more stuff because they're always talking about Wentz versus golf because they went one and two. Yep. Since since the draft, Dak has more passing yards than both of them. Dak has more passing attempts, more passing completions than both of them. 
combined more rushing touchdowns than both of them. Um, he has three more touchdowns than, than golf and five less touchdowns than, than Wentz. I think that alone speaks to the type of offense, though, that the Eagles run versus the run-heavy offense that the Cowboys run. So there, the, the touchdown numbers can be inflated. So let's do combined touchdowns then. 100 total combined touchdowns for Dak. Carson, 87 combined touchdowns. Uh, golf, 76, 82 combined touchdowns. And we're, we're talking about one and two in the draft versus mm-hmm. 135 in the draft. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, fourth on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, give you some more numbers. Dak's career percentage is 67.7. This year he is at 70.6. So that's a trend upward, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. You look at you look at Carson, and you see his numbers right now. Career 63. Isn't he like five. Six, I was going to say he's like about yeah. 61 this year. Yep, 62.1 to be exact. So yep. Um, he's below his career average. But Dak isn't accurate. 20... Dak isn't accurate. Yeah. He's not an accurate quarterback. He's not an accurate thrower of the ball. And he's throwing the ball down the field at a much higher clip than he has in his prior season. So, uh, obviously, the, the further down the field you throw the ball, the less accurate you, your potential is to be. Yet he's still at 70, rounding up 71% completion percentage for the year. So, I don't want to hear any more about the discussion between Dak and Carson and all this and that. They came out in the same year, and I really think that Carson's upside may have been capped because of that injury because he hasn't seen the same since. He's only seen or shown flashes of it. I think uh, I think folks got a little spoiled with the success that he had starting off, and he hasn't hit that same level just yet. Will he get there? Who knows? He might, he might not. But because of so much success that he had, in those first 13 games, I think it was, I think folks got to uh, expecting to see that on a regular basis, and we just haven't seen the same um, Carson Wentz since that injury. Yeah, and I, and I, think, I think the other thing that we'll have to – that to me was very clear about the Eagles game <clears throat> is – and I don't know what happened against the Jets. I just I – don't, I don't have an answer for that. Um, but clearly – Kellen Moore will back up against the Eagles and the play calling was extraordinary. You know, the, 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 you know, using Zeke as, as, you know, that, that play where they went everybody target on Zeke and uh, uh, Dak rolled out and hit, I think it was Jarwin in the end zone. He was by himself. And I think Al Michaels said, I've never seen a wide receiver or a receiver so open. Like there was nobody. I mean, that, you know, could have walked into the end zone himself if he wanted. You know, Stephen A's joke about you yeah. know he, you know, he had time to call his mother, take a picture, bake a cake. Like, and it was a it was a Kellen Moore play where every they went to run Zeke and everybody collapsed in the middle to get Zeke, and he just kept the ball rolled out and nobody was there and he just tossed it in, and that was the touchdown. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's things like that where we're not going to be predictable. We're not going to do the same thing. Come out, run on first down, run on second down. Um, you know, the play where Dak ran up and saw they were in zero coverage. And you could, you could hear him go, kill, kill, kill. And um, he hit Randall Cobb for a slant. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, even, and even Skandrick said, yeah, that was my fault. 
He's like, but for Dak as a quarterback, that's incredible growth. He spotted the coverage we were in. He audibled out, and then it was my fault. I shouldn't have let Cobb cross in front of my face like he did. As soon as he did, I was beat. It was over. Cobb didn't score, but the next play, he did the other play that I called out. But it's just things like that where we see the growth in Kellen Moore, and I was skeptical about him, but I'm no longer skeptical. We've seen the growth in Dak. He has the command of that offense, Brady-esque, um, Breeze-esque, um, Manning. I always thought Manning was like the, the, the greatest back there of orchestrating. When he, I mean, it was just an art watching him get behind, mm-hmm. you know, get out there, break the huddle, and then call his reads, get his adjustments, make it like he was just uh, 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 like no one better. And I'm seeing some the of that. Surgeon. I ain't put him at that level, but I like a search, good word. But I see some of that in Dak, and I just think it's just going to get better and better. And I and I think this is, you know, this is it right here for Dallas because, you know, and this is the, this will be the last topic of the night. But, um, you know, I want your thoughts on Jason Garrett. And be honest, not that you would lie if I didn't say be honest, but um, but be honest. <laughs> um, you know, what are your thoughts on Jason Garrett as far as his his impact on the team moving forward, and what does the Cowboys need to do, including Garrett, but what does the team need to achieve for him to not get fired? Because he did not get extended, which clearly is a message. If you don't do what we expect, you're going to be unemployed. So two questions. What do you think his impact? Because there's a lot of talk, Coach Clapp. And all of that crap is going on out there. So your thoughts on that? And then the second thought is, what do you think the Cowboys need to accomplish for Jason Garrett to keep his job? Well, I think he has that unit together. Um, I think when we talk about leadership of Dak, we also have to talk about leadership of the head coach. And and we've seen him get that team prepared and ready. Unfortunately, sometimes it happens in the second half. I prefer to see it in the first half. It's amazing what happens when you come out and you jump on the team uh, to start it off, opposed to coming out in the second half. Um, so I, I still I think he has that team's ear, but on the and that's on the inside looking out. Everybody else is on the outside looking in, and if they don't, if he can't get that team to an NFC Championship game, he's got to go. There's too much talent on this team, and it's too much of a young team to have years wasted especially when you've got a guy on the other side of that Red River coaching the Oklahoma Sooners that has not one, not two, but potentially maybe a third uh, Heisman hopeful, uh, Heisman trophy winner, I should say, in in Jalen Hurts um, outside of this past weekend when they got beat. But still, he's in a discussion for a Heisman trophy candidate. You've got him with the chance of jumping into the pros. Team is too young to, to continue to waste his talent. So if he can't get him to an NFC championship and, and quite frankly, to the Super Bowl, um, got to be some changes made. Um, um, hold on. I'm sorry, Jay. Um, I agree with everything you said. And, and, and Urban Meyer – also had made comments about the Dallas Cowboy job being attractive, you know, yep. being 
you know, um, so I, I will go one step further and I will say that Dallas needs to um, – she got to stop texting me. I will go even farther and say that Dallas needs to win – I'm sorry, make it to the NFC championship game and play well. They need to play well. Um, you can't make it to the game and, and then and then that's it. You got to play well. And if they go to the championship game and they play like garbage, then I, I think he's done. So they've got it. I don't think they have to win, but I think they have to play well. So, um, and I think it's really it's just simply he's had he's had enough opportunities. It's really that simple. He's had enough opportunities. And, um, you know, I, 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 I like the guy. I think he's good. He's been good for the organization. But um, I just think it's time for him. You know, it's, it's time. Put up or shut up. This is it. This is your, this is your, this is your year to save your job, get a contract extension, and, you know, be the co- the Cowboy head coach for the next five years, eight years, whatever it may be. So I guess we will see. You know what else? It's, so, it's amazing. He's, he's got the second longest coaching tenure uh, among average, uh, active coaches right now. Can you believe that? Second longest. Yep. Even Behind Belichick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Maybe it's not second. Maybe it's third. Then I, I, I could have sworn I saw a stat there. He was the second longest active head coach. Yeah, I think I think it might be third behind Peyton, and I don't think of anybody else that's been. Lewis is Lewis was fired. Um, McCarthy's gone. Yeah, maybe it's with the same team. How long has, has Peyton been with the Saints? Has it been before or after Garrett? I think he was there before Garrett because Peyton right, so, was so maybe on third, then. Parcells. Yeah, Peyton was on Parcells' um, staff when Parcells was in Dallas. So I think Peyton got the job before Garrett did because after Parcells was Wade Phillips and then Garrett. So. Okay. So make, make him third and still a high number, all things considered. Right. Hmm. Well, at least he's up there. He's top 10. I'm looking at some other ones. Well, active head coaches, he has Belichick. McCarthy's gone. It's Peyton. Well, Tomlin has actually been there. Tomlin and Harbaugh and and Carroll. So Garrett is probably looks like number number six. Then because Lewis is gone, McCarthy's gone. So he's number six. Well, that's still a long time. All things considered, never would have thought he'd be number six on the list. Right. 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 Uh, all right. Well, um, I guess we'll see what happens. 
going to have a great second half of the season, starting with a nice whooping of the Giants next Monday night, and then we'll go from there. So um, any final words or final thoughts? Well, one final word, uh, again, just to piggyback on how it started off, appreciate the kind words. I'm glad that we were able to at least get you in FaceTime for a wedding ceremony that went as expected and even better. Um, really happy the way everything turned out and where everything is, is heading the direction it's going in, in personal life. So very happy, very relaxed, relieved. Now it's just a matter of getting this home in order and getting back to cracking the whip on the finances like you know it's going to be. Uh, from a football standpoint, um, this has been an interesting first half of a football season. I've never seen the trades that we have seen, uh, the fodder about potential trades or even actual trades that have been made. And it would be nice to see what kind of impact these, these players are going to have and also the impact of the draft picks that these other teams uh, have acquired, the teams like the, the Dolphins who just have amassed picks. Or are they going to go through the hashtag process that the Sixers did in the NBA? So. Um, a lot of movement, unexpected movement, but I'm really looking forward to what there is to come for the second half. Should be great. Uh, yeah, really nothing, nothing more to add. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of great storylines going down the stretch. Um, you know, what are the bears going to become? Are they going to rise to the occasion or fail? They're in a, one of the toughest divisions in football. Um, you know, the Rams, um, you know, the 49ers, really uh really starting to show that maybe they are elite um you know you know the patriots has kind of a cake schedule will they go undefeated um the the the, there's just so many storylines and and really even with the patriots being undefeated the the packers looking good the 49ers looking good there's really no clear cut favorite maybe the patriots if you had to pick one that's about it that's really about it. And even that isn't, you know, it, 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 I think it's universally accepted that Brady is not the same Brady as he used to be. And with all the scuttlebutt about where's he going to play next year and all of that, I, I just think the second half of the season is going to be great. But next week we're going to start with, uh, let's see how our predictions are holding out. Let's hold ourselves accountable. That'll be uh, next week. So um, well, that's all I got. So, Jay, congratulations again. Great show, great time, great fun. Uh, Monday night, Dallas in New York, up my way. Go Cowboys. And uh, get better soon, K-Star. And uh, I'll be good to have everybody back next Tuesday night. So for JB, for K-Star, and for Train, remember, all feuds are settled on the field. Goodbye, everybody. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.